0: Hey everyone, this whole week I'm traveling and I couldn't bring my microphone so that's why my audio sounds a little bit weird this week. Last week there were a bunch of tributes over the 10 year anniversary of Steve Jobs' passing. It's funny because I still remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I learned about his passing and it's amazing that such a huge figure has shook so many different people around the world. There was an interesting thread about an acquisition which i found on twitter i'm going to drop that in the show notes but today i think one of the more interesting recaps i think everyone knows about the famous steve jobs quote the thing about the bicycle for the mind the thing about getting into battles with microsoft and then being saved by bill gates and then uh, reconciling towards the end of his life But I think this is one of the more unique ones because it's about manufacturing. And you don't really hear Steve talk about manufacturing that much because it's all about products. It's all about insight and marketing and uh, technology and all that. But manufacturing is actually something that he was pretty excited about. Maybe he wasn't the world's expert at it and Tim Cook was his right hand man on that. But he clearly sees it as a competitive advantage in this clip. Even if you know about these technology windows, I suspect that none of this works
1: without a well oiled shipping machine or supply chain as some call it and essentially going from idea to prototype to the final product as fast as possible. How did you manage to solve this really hard problem? One of the key things that manufacturing can contribute to competitive advantage is time to market. Why is that? Because the way most things work is you design your product here and after you're done, you throw it over the wall and you design your manufacturing process here, right? Sorting out a bunch of things that maybe weren't done right here, fixing them, changing them, and then completing the process design. What you want to do is do this and ship it right here while your competitors are still here. And that's what we've been able to do in, in many cases. What we do is we suck data out of our CAD systems in engineering. We zing them around over the local network and In our own computers, we compute all of the robot placement programs, fully optimized path. We compute all the vision system programs, we check it against the bill of materials in the IS system, and we download it to the robots and we're ready to build a board, lot size of one, in between two production CPU boards on the line. Full surface mount with all of our automation technology. Now, the key is, that manufacturing did that so well for engineering that we haven't built a prototype in engineering for two years. We haven't built a wire wrap or any other kind of prototype in engineering for two years. Everything has been built in the factory. Now, what does that mean? What that means is manufacturing gets involved from day one because the fact that the engineering guys call it manufacturing and go, hey, we want to build a prototype. Uh, we're going to need these special parts on the thing. Take a look at this. Tell us what you think. We'd like to do it tomorrow. Let us know if that's okay, blah, blah, blah. They get involved from day one. Secondly, a lot of times when you build prototypes, it's not quite the same technology as you're going to use in production. And so all the accumulated knowledge you get from building your prototypes, you throw away when you change technology to go into production, and you start over in that accumulation process. Because we don't change technology, we... Don't throw anything away, we don't waste time. And it's led to one of the healthiest relationships between an engineering and manufacturing group I've ever seen in my life. They're all working off the same databases, they're all working on the same processes, Uh, they're all working in a very disciplined process environment to where when any processes are changed, they all get together and, uh, and review the proposals and all buy into it. It's not that hard. The key to it all, though, was we didn't go out and hire a bunch of manufacturing people. We went out and hired engineers. Whenever I hear anyone mention manufacturing and factories, my mind goes straight to the goal, and it's not luck. Both amazing books written by Goldratt, and one of the key takeaways from those books, for me, was the inventory and work in progress, or Git branches and PRs as we know it in today's software industry. A low work in progress is essential to keeping the shipping machinery running at its ideal capacity. One of the things you learn when you start building factories is that warehouses are really bad, right? Warehouses are bad because you tend to put things in them and inventory is really bad. Inventory is really bad because if it's defective, you don't find out about it for a while and you don't close the quality feedback loop with the vendor and correct the problem until they've made a zillion of them. What you want to do is find the problem, the first one that comes in the door, and stop them from making more until you fix the problem. So, warehouses also cost money, because you put all the stuff in them, and the stuff you have to go borrow money from the bank or use money that could be, you know, used in a more productive purpose. So, warehouses are bad. And you want to go to JIT. I'm sure you've studied this all and studied examples. I was walking through the Mac factory one day, and the two biggest pieces of automation we put in were a giant small parts storage and retrieval system. It was these totes that ran around. And the second one was this giant burn-in system at the end and, uh, you know, a few tens of millions of dollars worth of equipment. And I realized, unfortunately too late, that both of them are warehouses. They're just high-tech warehouses, right? And so when we looked at Next, we said, no warehouses of any kind. We have a true JIT factory. Stuff comes in and is delivered right to the point of use on the factory floor. There is no warehouse. Deliveries are made daily, sometimes more frequently than that. There is no outgoing warehouse. Everything is visible. And the reason that we were able to do a lot of what we've done is because when we were learning about manufacturing at Mac, we hired a Stanford Business School professor at the time named Stephen Wheelwright. And he uh, did a neat thing. He drew on the board a little chart. First time I met him, he said, you can view all companies from a manufacturing perspective this way. You can say, there's five stages. Stage one is companies that view manufacturing as a necessary evil. They wish they didn't have to do it, but damn it, they do. And um, all the way up through stage five, which is companies that view manufacturing as a competitive opportunity for competitive advantage, right? We can get better time to market and get new products out faster. We can get lower costs, we can get higher quality. And in general, you know, you can sort of put the American flag here and put the Japanese flag here. And that's changing, however, that's changing. And and it's changing because people like you are going into manufacturing. Companies are starting to realize that we were great at this one time and then we took it for granted. Uh, and uh, people are starting to pay good salaries now and and get good people. And so we want to be one of these, and we try very hard. Um, By the way, just going back to software for a minute, I often apply the scale to computer companies and how they look at software. See, I think most computer companies are stage one. They wish software had never been invented. I think there's only three companies here, and that's us, Apple, and Microsoft. Uh, in 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 stage five we start everything with the software and work back, but anyway going back to manufacturing we started looking at the factory as a software problem and The first people we hired in the factory were some software engineers We convinced them to move from R&D into software, which was not easy. We had to give them bonuses We had to cajole them. We had to promise them they could come back if they hated it and they went over there and We said, this is really just a software problem with interesting I.O. devices called robots. That's all it is, and so we started building the software first, and our first robots that we got, we um, spec'd them out, and we bought them completely turnkey, with the robot arms on them, and all the electronics, and the software to control them. Uh, And we spec'd it out, but we didn't write it. And they they worked okay, some of them are still in use, but they weren't great. And being software folks, we weren't real happy. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't elegant. We couldn't do what we wanted with the robots. We couldn't tie in a quality information system to them and all this other stuff we wanted. So the second generation, we spec'd out the hardware and had somebody build the hardware for us, but we wrote all the software on our own computers. We're object-oriented, so we started writing robot objects, quality objects, you know, all sorts of objects to control this factory. And we found out our computer was great for it. And so our whole factory now runs on this object-oriented, factory and quality system. The last generation of our latest generation of robots, which we've deployed this year, we actually built the hardware. I've been to Japan maybe you know, a lot of times, maybe 30, 40 times. And I love to tour factories over there. And I, they always amazed me because they built everything themselves. They weren't afraid of anything. They needed a robot, they'd try to buy one, but if they couldn't, they'd actually engineer it and build it. And you'd think this was really expensive. But we found out it's pretty cheap. Um, It's actually cheaper than buying them and so we've actually now designed our inspect out our own robots We don't mill the metal or anything we get that all made We put them all together and we do the software top to bottom and we have now some extraordinarily advanced robots in the factory and our computers are built start to finish on the on on the key Components completely untouched by human hands